friends, and welcome back to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hello, Levi. Hi, Jen. Hi. Today, we are resuming the main story quest, and we'll be playing through the Stone Vigil Dungeon. Ooh. So what happened last time, Jen? Uh, last time we immediately got mixed up in Ishgardian bullshit. Nobody wanted to talk to us. Shocker. So we had to ingratiate ourselves to a bunch of people. Shocker. And all of this in an attempt to confirm that somebody somewhere saw the Enterprise fly into Kurthis around the time of the Calamity. That's all. Also Horshafant. <laughs> we now seemingly have a lead on the Enterprise, uh, Sid Garland's airship. And with the suspicions of our heresy on hold for now, this witness will speak with us. So the contact is an astrologian, a discomposed cataloger. He was in charge of monitoring the sky the night that the Enterprise passed through, and he reports that it landed near the Stone Vigil. Great. Another former watch post that was overtaken by the Dravanians because House Hyenar can't hold their shit together. You know what? I, I, if it were any other house, I'm sure they also would have been taken unawares, but... Yeah, it's just unfortunate. This is two vigils now that Hyenart has lost. Yeah. Two strikes. Yeah. It's a bummer. The witness speculates that the Dravanian garrison that had seized the stone vigil would have brought the airship into the fortress to, I'm assuming, just keep it keep away it from other so people. So we can't use it, yeah. Yeah. And we would need an army to assault the place. But maybe Horchafont can help. <laughs> yeah he's like oh good you found it oh fuck it's in stone vigil good luck to you uh he does commit to writing a letter on on our behalf a uh, lot of that going around lots of letters being written yeah the issue is that the area is sealed by order of house durandare because there is a crusade almost that is being mounted to retake the stone vigil that is being led by lord drillamont yeah of House Durandare. Trimont. Hortifont will give us this letter saying, hey, these guys are legit. Why don't you let them in on your effort? But because House Durandare is so stuck up, he thinks we might need some second backup too. So why don't you ask Lord Francel, the guy you just helped out last time, to also give you a letter. Yep. You got two lords so backing you. Two Can't fail. Two letters. And Francel, he's like, you know... I will absolutely do whatever I can. You, you mean you saved my life, but um, you understand that my words may not carry a lot of weight these days. So again, here's your letter. Good luck to you. Well, he also warns us that because we were involved in the whole, you know, exposure of the, the conspiracy that whoever is trying to pin shit on House High and Art, they're going to be after us now too by association. So cool. Drillamont is stationed in White Brim Front, which is a fortress and tower that was erected to the south of the Stone Vigil, and it's there that the knights who will be making this reclamation effort are stationed. So it's like the backup fortress to the Stone Vigil, 
And this place is the only way to actually go to and from the little stretch of land that the vigil is mounted on. So you must go through the front to get there. However, we get immediately stonewalled by the guard at the White Brim Front's gate. This reminds me of Labyrinth or like Return to Oz. Just that, like everybody you encounter is like, oh no, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> you want to see? You want to see the king? Do you? Well, doesn't everybody? And then, you know, they pass you off to somebody else, and they're like, teehee, just no way. Yeah. Uh, try this guy. I don't know what the purpose is of doing it. I have two theories. So what happens here is that we have to go and talk to like five people to actually be able to see the Lord of White Broom Front. And either it's trying to give us the lay of the land in a kind of painstaking fashion. Sure, yeah, like, you know, you have to go to this person and this person, then you know, like, then you know where the storeroom is, then you know where the infirmary is, then you know where the barracks are. Or they're just trying to, like, triple, quintuple, underline how important this guy is. I think it's all of those things. Sure. Yes. But this place is a maze on the Z-axis, which I know that Jin loves. Oh, my God. There well, is yeah, one... let me tell you how long it took me to find the goddamn storeroom. There is one place that has three levels stacked on top of each other, and all of them have people that you might want to talk to. Yep. To compound that, these spaces are super claustrophobic. They are little yes. stone rooms. Yeah, This these just... Like you're turning a corner and you're like all up. If you're doing it in third person, which I always am because first person is for psychopaths. Like half of my screen is filled with the back of my head because these corridors are so thin and you're making these tight little corners and pain in the ass. So I have more than once walked past a person I was supposed to talk to because I couldn't see their talk to me marker. You, you turn the... like 45 degrees and it, you're, you've got vertigo. It's like because everything is so tight. So here's what happens. We eventually get kicked over to the storeroom manager, Albois. Albois. We find her inside the fortress, but she's too busy. So she says, why don't we bother the head chirurgeon, Astidian, who immediately sends us to Sir Gudenor. Gudenor? Yeah, you know what? We forgot to do the disclaimer. Pronunciations are an absolute shit show. So um, it, it's like it's like Gouda, but like Gudenor. <laughs> Gudenor. Good to know. Oh, that's good to know. In the barracks. <laughs> and we find him in the large tower of the fortress. We're getting close finally. <clears throat> good to know tells us that, yes, Lord Drillamont is higher up in this very same tower, and we can go speak to him, but it better be short and to the point, and we better be polite because the Lord is busy and important. Yes, sir. So we head up to... An upper floor of this circular tower on the south end of the fortress. And we finally get the dream team, Sid and Alphano, who finally decide to help us at last. They've been trailing in awake the entire time, but have not yet once intervened to assist us on all this stuff we've been doing. Until now. We plea with Drillmont, like, this is what, like, here's our letters. This is what we're trying to do. This is why it's important. And he says, let me get this right. You wish to brave a ruined outpost filled with scalekin to secure an airship that may or may not be there. Are you the avatar of the Fury herself? I enjoyed that. I thought that was cute. And then, yeah, Alphano and Sid show up as, like, backup. Thank God. And they name drop the Scions. They name drop Master Sid and Garland. And Drillmont is stoked, but also, like, no way. that 
like, all, first of all, the Scions were completely wiped out, and then Master Sid Garland died five years ago. So who the fuck are you people? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's too good to be true almost to to see these entities alive and well. We say yes, actually, we are those people, and he is receptive at first. Of course, you know, I mean, it's, maybe it's, an ama- it's, it's amazing news. It's possible, but then Inquisitor, <sighs> yeah, piece of shit, this fucking guy. So he shows up and he's like, oh, no, I wouldn't listen to these guys. He starts like slinging mud at all of us and accuses us of being charlatans and calling the Scions a defunct band of misfits who were entirely (laughs) exterminated by the Empire. Wow. What a gross thing to say. And Jolmont is, I mean, that's all he needs to hear, right? Like immediately. 180 degrees like wow i almost fell for this bullshit thanks Gian. you saved me and you know, you know away with you blah 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 blah. so i mean this guy walks in dumps a steaming pile of propaganda shit on the floor and then bails and now we're like well fuck so we can only now reach the stone vigil after these knights have retaken it and we have revealed our true intentions <laughs> <laughs> which which we have already but okay Understand, you know, in the, in a witch hunt, true intentions means what they want to hear. We head out saying, well, fuck. But then we get flagged down by the chef on the lower floor. <laughs> house to fort? Uh, house to fort. Okay. You know, it's like a house to home, but... Sure. He has overheard the commotion. Leave it to and... a chef, man, to be like, I know what's going on. And says, if we want to be trusted, we should win over the soldiers. The quickest way to a commander's heart is through the stomachs of his underlings. So how about you get them some meat because there hasn't been meat for days. Yeah, they've been eating like tortillas and carrots for weeks now. I don't think they eat tortillas in Curthus. You don't know. I'm pretty sure they eat night's bread. But I thought that I thought. That's not a joke. It's an actual item and it's a quest reward that you get at one point. (laughs) Well, it's definitely not raptor stew. That have meat in it. Yes, We get get some raptor stew from Horse Fort. House Fort? House of Fort. (laughs) <laughs> his his name is awkward as hell. So he's like, take this vinegar and it might weaken up a mud puppy and go kill it and bring back its meat. So we do that. This mud puppy is one of those eight-eyed salamander creatures. We find it in the stone tunnel that runs from north to southern central highlands. Danafin Pass. This is one of those fights where you have to use the item on the creature to make it not a pain in the ass to fight. You can do it vanilla style, but it's it's a little spicy. Shit. Yeah, these things are a pain though because the creature's auto attacks interrupt your use of the item. So if you're trying to dump the vinegar on it and then it hits you, I, then... had, to do, I had to do it like right away. And even then, I barely made it, and I had to stand in an AOE to do it. So either way, um, we vinegar up this puppy and we bring <laughs> back its meat. Mmm, pickle puppy. There are stakes to go all around the fortress. We feed the soldiers. They are overjoyed. They are stoked. We're like, we'll do anything for you. We will say anything for you. We will suck your dick. They don't say that. But I bet if we asked, they'd be like, sure, you gave me mud puppy steak. So we bring a steak to Sinota, who is a caretaker in the infirmary. And while we're there, we learn from Sid that he wants to upgrade the alchemical alembics in the infirmary using cores from ice sprites so the tools can regulate the temperatures of the mixtures. This is some advanced stuff, but Sid has a glimmer in his memory brain of his old memory brain, his old self that's <sighs> cogitating on these alumbics and these sprites, and he thinks he can make these pieces work together. 
if he just gets all the parts. So we go and kill the sprites and bring back the cores, and Sid makes this cool device, and everyone's super impressed. And they're like, this is going to revolutionize how we're able to treat patients. We're going to be able to make medicines and save lives. Until Captain Jackass rolls up again. <sighs> Inquisitor Guillaume shows up to say, hey. Apparently he doesn't want us saving lives. These guys are sus. What are their true intentions? Do you want to accept gifts from strangers? Especially those who have interfered with an inquisition? Oh, well, that's all he had to say. Because now the Chirurgians are like... Ew, gross. We don't want your stupid device. And thank you, Guillaume, for protecting us from these unbelievers. What a fucking dick. God damn it. And Sid's starting to get angry, and Sid doesn't really get angry, you know? He's pretty level-headed. Yeah, another another fucking shit on the floor and then bailed. Now, okay, we gotta... Won't someone rid me of this meddlesome inquisitor? That is now the mission. Yes. It's clear that we can't make any progress until we deal with Guillaume because he keeps showing up to take fat dumps on us whenever we try and make inroads. <laughs> so we're going to go and shaming. see what his deal is. And we ask around the fort to do so. Half the people we talk to do not want to talk to us because they've been Inquisitor pilled against us. <clears throat> but we do learn, though, a couple things. One, that Guillaume hardly sleeps, such as his devotion. Or something else. What an incredible devout man. The other is that there's a weird detail about when he first showed up here. The guard at the eastern gate, which for the record, outside the east gate, there's just like a little lip of snowy stone that overlooks the sea of clouds. The big impenetrable white expanse from which White Brim gains its name. So weird. And also, this guard apparently saw the Inquisitor approaching and slipped and fell, and then he regained consciousness after the Inquisitor had arrived and had evidently brought his body back to the infirmary. So, okay. Weird. I also really like how, how um, Housefort, I'm sorry, Housefort, that's probably not how your name is pronounced, but I'm doing it. His, his, his answer is so, like, it's painfully neutral. Um, he just gives like the the dictionary definition of like what an inquisitor is. He's so it's like I'm not taking fucking sides. I have my own personal opinions, but an inquisitor is decreed by the Holy See to you know you know it, it's like okay I I get it I got it. So we go back to Alphano and compare notes, and he goes full Ace Attorney on us. The guard that fell was at the eastern gate, but the main road comes from the southwest. Further. The guard said that the Inquisitor was illuminated by the light of the city, Ishgard. being Ishgard. In the background. However, the city is to the north. How can someone arrive at the main gate, being backlit by the city's lights, at the east gate? Yeah, so so weird, weird thing number one, why is he approaching from the east? There's nothing there but like a fucking chasm, literally. It's only there... You know, so they can defend the fort against, you know, Giovannian uh, insurgencies. And then, um, two, uh, his recollection made it so that Guillaume had to appear literally from the middle of the chasm. So, well, okay, we got to make sure, one, that this guy is remembering his story correctly. Let's see if we can get him to confirm those details and if anybody else was there to corroborate them. Um, like, fuck yeah, Alfino. Also, Alfino, with his little, like, exposed midriff thing, he's like, I am very cold. And I regret my wardrobe choices. Anyway, let's go get this done so we can get the fuck out of Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, man. We go outside of the front of the, of the of the fort to look around and see if we can find anything that would corroborate these details before we go back and talk to Joe. I went through the f- I went through the southeastern door of the fort, and then I realized I probably should have got out the eastern door. So I just literally threw myself over the edge and, and landed with a thud. So when you walk out the eastern gate of Wipe in Front, literally like 15 feet is a, a drop into nothing. Um, but if you go north, where we think Guillaume came from, Guillaume, sorry, there is a, a path, a very narrow path that will kind of lead you down into uh, the depths of the chasm. And at the base of this ramp, there is a desecrated wyvern carcass. And in the crook of its neck, there is a mound of snow. And when we approach, we are attacked by some plasmoids. You know, maybe like residual, rancor, ether, blah, 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 something like that. So we, we, we kill those guys. Under the mound of snow, we find the body of an inquisitor named Guillaume. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, my God. You clipped so hard there, Jim. Probably, yes. <laughs> anyway. Apologies to listeners. That's <laughs> a very exciting moment. So this guy, he looks strikingly like the, what is now the fake Guillaume. And we find on his body a bloody encyclical, which is basically a scroll detailing his his job. So by, it's a papal decree saying, um, this is Inspector or Inquisitor Guillaume. He's here to, you know, inquisit. Uh, so that's a huge fucking, that's it. Like the jig is up, man. But now we have to convince other people that this is real or, you know, that you should care. Yeah, my minor gripe about, about this, and actually when you got me to watch Columbo with you, <laughs> I had the same gripe that <laughs> if we go and disturb evidence and bring it back with us, we are compromising that evidence. And Yeah, we should have some... like parked our chocobo, you know, keep keep others out of the out of the the you know, the crime scene here. And then we go and we get, you know, Drillmon and we get a, a, a somebody and we go back down and when we show them the stuff in situ. Yes. Um, but but no, we, we disturb nah, nah. evidence left we, and we, right. We get our bullshit and our biologicals all over the crime scene and it's and fine. Also, hey, look what I found. I swear I found it in this chasm I by the inspector's guys, like, body. I, to- I swear. Like, I totally swear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the body's still down there. You know, we could show them the, the body of the guy. It's, but st- I totally get what you're saying. We just conveniently show up though you know they don't have dna testing but if they did dna testing they would confirm oh that's why we shouldn't be disturbing evidence we should show them hey here's this body with this encyclical clutched in his hands we would be taking photos first and then putting them in evidence bags and then there's like there's a chain of possession and what i'm saying i mean if they weren't doing that shit in the 60s they're certainly not doing that in the the tens wherever we are here we are not credible in this scenario oh, no, no absolutely not so like they take us at a- our word though that we hey we found the stuff and we didn't fabricate it well it doesn't work out the first two people we talk to they're the like the same thing happens nah. with the next piece of evidence too which is when it's like why would you believe this that's my question so we'll get there in a hot second well they were uh, these are very gullible people Guillaume walks in and he says like a sentence and everybody's well, like, what? They believe Guillaume because he's the Inquisitor and they have to. I, I guess. If they, they don't, yeah. they're going to be pushed down the witch drop chasm. <clears throat> so um, so many chasms. <laughs> we need to go investigate before um, Guillaume is on to the fact that we're on to him. 
we go through the soldiers who we befriended before, pretty much. Um, and he suggests that we talk to Zhou Yo. Zhou? Zhou Yu? I'm just calling. Yeah, it's like a, um, Zhou Yo. Okay. But I, I'm just calling him Joe. Cause... Sure, I understand. Yeah. Zhou Yo. The one <laughs> <laughs> that saw the Inquisitor. And he's in the infirmary recuperating from his fall. He's like, this is BS. I don't know where you got that encyclical. There's no chain of evidence. And the other guard who was out there will corroborate my story. I mean, to be fair, yeah, to to try to like run around to these people who are drinking the fucking Kool-Aid all day, every day, um, to throw out allegations like this towards an Inquisitor is completely unheard of. And you're going to need more than a bloody piece of paper to do it. Also, Guillaume is responsible for this guy being alive right now. And he's like, I I refuse to speak ill of somebody who saved my life. So He thinks that he's responsible. Of course. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, you sweet summer child. So we talked to the other guard. This is Prunilla. She was there with Joe that night. And she tries to dismiss us, but we slash doubt her. Dude. Okay. Okay. So... I totally missed some of the subtleties. I mean, it, they're not very subtle. Um, the first playthrough, we walk up and we're like, what's up, Prunilla? I got some questions about, you know, this thing. And she's like, you! And then realizes, wait, I'm not supposed to know you. Okay, I mean, I don't know who the fuck you are. Uh, state your business. Leave me alone. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like, okay. Somebody has told her what we're doing, who we are. Okay, suspicious. We hand her the encyclical and we're like, hey, we know that you were there with Joe that night. And like we this this all happened at the same time. I, the Inquisitor came from this direction and this is where I found this body. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, um, are you in the habit of giving like blood soaked pieces of paper to strangers? OK, um, I don't know anything about it. Leave me alone. So, yeah. Yeah. We call her out. Then we slashed out her and she breaks and reveals that Joe oh. didn't fall. He was attacked by a Gervanian, and she rushed to help, but she couldn't see a beast in the snowy darkness. She instead heard a voice. It told her secrets that only her family would know, and threatened to torment and slay everyone she knew if she didn't keep quiet. When she relented, then Inquisitor Guillem emerged from the darkness. Prunilla knew he was false, but was too afraid to go against him. Totally. Yeah. There's nothing she could do. Eventually... She stumbled upon the fake Guillaume stash. Well, what happened was that when he accused Francel... She was like, I got to do something. Yeah. So then she spied on him and found him going to his box full of rosaries. (laughs) Right. Which up to this point, he had been very judicial in distributing. So what she did, and this is why, like, in the last episode, we were like, why would they... They were so, like sloppy with the distribution of these rosaries obviously like these guys are dumb but no it was that was the point she was the one who planted these rosaries in the house high on art stuff um, before they were ported into dragonhead camp dragonhead and she did that on purpose so that it would trigger somebody to go like that's really fucking weird and that exposed the conspiracy and saved lord francel's life she's like that's that's all i could do yeah without risking my life and the lives of my family Implication being that she was too ham-handed with her placement. Correct. So it looks suspicious to people who were oh, totally. somewhat detail-minded. Like, like in one carriage, literally every single box for House High and Art had a rosary in it. That's ridiculous. So it totally worked. 
and we were able to save his life but we're able to now like find that little stash yeah we go outside the fortress on the southeast corner there are some it's like a little cliffside and we find buried in the snow there is a box full of these draconic rosaries I feel like he probably should have kept them in his chambers. Like, who's going to go in there and, like, toss a cell that belongs to an Inquisitor? But, you know, whatever. In the snow is also fine. And this is where I'm like, where, where's the, the credibility here? Because we disturb the box, we bring it with us, and show it <laughs> oh to Lord Drillamont, saying, hey, look what I found outside. All these draconic rosaries that let's, I swear I don't, they're not mine, I let's promise. Let's pretend in the, in the, you know, in what's not said is that they dusted for prints and his prints are all over it. They could have just had us... Like, say, hey, you got to come with us, and then we like, go outside. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is not an episode of Columbo, so they don't do their due diligence. Columbo has the exact same thing, where the evidence is all extremely circumstantial. Oh, no. He's he's busted people on finger, fingerprints before, so he's, like, worn gloves. Um, like, he's entrapped people. Not in the illegal sense, but, I mean... Probably, in the, you know, he's, 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 <laughs> probably he's, sometimes he's illegally. He's a fucking brilliant, brilliant man, okay? Don't you dare besmirch Columbo. I've seen Columbo twice take evidence oh. <laughs> and like say, hey, look what I found, guys. I found this on the suspect. See, he's making a calculated risk there, right? So uh, this is all part of his master plan to lure his prey into a false sense of comfort, um, thinking that they're still the smartest guy in the room or girl. And uh, at the end of the show... Bam, motherfucker, you fell right into my trap. It's a great show. Great character. <laughs> um, I don't dislike Columbo. I just think that some of his busts are very... No, it's not realistic. It's not realistic at all. Anyway, on to the Ishgardian Columbos. <laughs> Which is us. Columbo of Light. Yeah. Oh, write that down. You write that down. <laughs> <laughs> the Columbo of Light! <laughs> If you want it, write trench it. Trench coat bearer. You can make Columbo. There, there is a, a Columbo trench coat that's available. Fucking love it. How cute would that be on Otis? Do it. So cute. Well, you've got to get to ninety first because it's tied to ninety content. Fucking write that somewhere. Well, you'll you'll remember I'll, it. I'll earn it with my other one and then mail it to Otis. It's um bound. Oh. You have to earn it on your character that's wearing it. Well, someday. Someday. Okay. Anyway. We bring this massive box full of these draconic rosaries to Lord Drillamont, saying, I found these, I swear, they're not mine. And between us and the bloody encyclical, and he talked to his soldiers too, maybe. Yes, remember, we fed them and... Prunilla, specifically, who is the one who actually will testify in our favor. Yeah, we got we got hella witnesses now. Hella witness. Hella witnesses. Finally, all this stuff is enough to convince Drillamont and he flips again, being like, fuck that Inquisitor, he's an imposter, let's go get him. Great, perfect. Let's go. We get the mirror of last time's finale, where we have to race now to Snowcloak, which is this past that collapsed during the Calamity, and now it's an ice wall that's full of all these huge chunks of rock. And the Inquisitor has another victim out there he is trying and going to execute in moments. 
and his victim this time is just some random explorer. He found some lady off like walking in the in the snows. Right. Like, Heretic. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what? I don't even fucking know you. It's like, yes, but you will know Haloni and walk in her halls very soon, my child. Like, it's it's so gross. So uh, it's us and a couple of uh, uh, House Dern Dare knights and then uh, Lord Drillmont himself. Drillmont the Honest. And now Drillmont accuses Guillaume of being a heretic, to yeah. which she simply laughs. How can he betray that to which he owes no allegiance? Fair. And then he turns things around on Drillamont. His hands are bloody with those whose sole crime is to reject Ishgard's crusade against the dragons. All Ishgardians are complicit in draconic murder. There's some truth to what he says here. This is some foreshadowing. Yeah. If we desire retribution, though, come fight. And so we do. Yep. This is a pretty basic fight. Yeah, I, I failed it the first time. Wow. How? <laughs> <laughs> Explain. Drillamont died. I guess that's fair. He actually got, he got pretty low in health for me too. He does not dodge AOEs. Yeah. So it's like you really have to make sure that you are focusing damage on Guillaume in his various forms. They There is a healer. I played as a white mage and there obviously there was a healer in the mix too, but um, it just, it got to a point where it just wasn't enough and he died. And Healing I NPCs is so hard. They dude, have so much health. Dude. And they do not avoid damage. (laughs) So this time I was like, okay, all right. So like the first time I did it, the bard, the Durandare bard went off and fought some of the ads and he died immediately. I'm like, maybe I just throw a regen on him and okay, great. So then he came back and then he was able to, you know, add to the fight against Giam, which I'm sure was very helpful. So the way it works, though, is that we fight Giam and some Dravanian ads that come in to join us. And then when Giam gets low on health, he transforms into a big avis and his health bar is recharged and we knock him down again from full health yeah and it's it, it's a glamour he doesn't literally transform into a wyvern at the very end when he's like huffing and puffing after we beat him he's like my glamour's dispelled we don't know much about who he is really we can infer from that line and also from his appearance he must be one of the people that sympathize with the Dravanians. Oh, for sure. Yeah, literally a heretic, according to Guardians. Yeah. As he expires, Guillaume declares that the Dravanians in the Stone Vigil will defeat us and destroy White Brim Front. And with that business done, Drillamont apologizes to us and says we should have never been involved in Ishgardian politics. Damn straight. But you fucking made us. Seriously, you made us. Yep. <laughs> so we return to White Brim and Drillamont again apologizes and now believing us states his awe at being in the presence of the Scions and Sid Garland. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. You Alpha know, we, no, though, we were all surprised he was alive. is relatively magnanimous, but he's got his eyes on the prize. So how about that stone vigil? Yeah, he's he's all business. Just a bossy little kind of somewhat of a dick. Drillamont reminds us that there are Dravanians holed up in the Stone Vigil. Oh, but we know. Four Scion army here to go in <laughs> and take this place down. So we are granted permission to enter, and we head north to the Stone Vigil. The Stone Vigil is a frozen stone fortress overrun with dragons and scale kin. 
it is one of the four vigils that were built to protect Ishgard from Dravanian forces. However, it has, as have the others, seen better days. <clears throat> and this place is now wrecked up. The ceiling is pretty much smashed in at all points, so the former corridors are now just covered in ice and snow. The place is filthy with Dravanians, and that's about all there is to say about it, honestly. Yep. It's a medieval-style fortress that is filthy with dragons. Cool. Our path here is going to take us throughout the ruined interior and also at some points onto the very precipice of the Sea of Clouds as well. So it's, it's cool to go and see that off to your side as you're fighting a way through and look out and see that big, snowy, cloudy expanse. Yep. And because this is an A Realm Reborn dungeon, it's got lots of side rooms. Some have monsters, some have treasure. That's, that's about it. So let's get to it. <clears throat> so we head into the vigil. Periodically during our assault here... There will be a spindly green dragon that descends and breathes flame down the corridor we're standing in. Just like a, a intermittent raid wide as we're running around. You can dodge this if you are in front. It's yep. possible to sprint forward and avoid it, but yep. it's just a little bit of damage. It's so fine. whatever. It's flavor. And we fight our way through the first stretch and end up in a courtyard. Our way forward blocked by a wall of flames. The first boss faces us down. This is... Chudo Yud, who is a thick-ass dragon with a club tail. I don't, I don't really remember this guy too much. Chudo Yud has a single mechanic, and it's very important. He will periodically go to one of the compass points of the courtyard and cast Swinge. Oh, yeah. That. Which is a super strong conical attack. But the key thing, though, is there is no telegraph to this. It is just a cast bar, then it goes off. You just have to know to not stand in front of them. And this is teaching you now that there are abilities you need to learn how they work from the name and not just watch for the ground patterns. Yeah. And that's it. We knock them down and press on. We press on. So more more of the same. Um, we do encounter some ice sprites. Yeah, the ice sprites are worth mentioning because they They're will tough. fuck up they a, will fuck a pole. You up. Yeah, that's why I didn't run as healer. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah, I've 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 run this um a few times and it is I mean it's I think we've talked about it on an, a previous episode where like so many healers are just completely just like what the fuck because it's such an escalation from the previous dungeon. Well, everything is fine except the ice sprites and if you are doing them one group at a time, whatever. But if you're doing a, a mass pull where you grab all the enemies between the stopping points, really tough. the ice sprites do so much damage and they will overwhelm your tank and healer. Yeah, you like the tank and the healer have to be on fucking point with their, you know, with their mitts and, and everything. Like it's it's unforgiving. I usually when I'm tanking the dungeon, I just stop on yeah. the sprites and yeah. I do not push my luck. Yeah, because, yeah, again, like unless you're in a party with a healer and you know how what their skill set is. Fucking just, just one party at a time. Don't wall-to-wall -wall this. Anyway, we run into another wall of fire, and it's being sustained by our fire-breathing friend that's been harassing us from above the entire time so far. This is the thin to the earlier dragon's thick, a little green dragon named Koshai. So he's in one of the, um, like the battlements um, on the perimeter of the building. Yeah, it's like a rectangular stone balcony. Yeah. Um, there used to be cannons in this uh, that we would have to utilize to shoot him, but that doesn't oh, that, exist that anymore. Oh, that whole fight got rebuilt, yeah. which was fine. That was kind of 
um, a little clunky, finicky. Yeah, so this is better. So yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a fairly straightforward fight. We do have a um, we have tank busters that are going on here, uh, some AOEs, and then we have the typhoon, which is um, Koshai will call in a bunch of four essentially like dirt devils, <laughs> like tornadoes, snow devils, typhoons, and you'll have to note, you know, two of them are going to move first and then two will move after so you just have to like move into the safe space and then move out of the upcoming dangerous space so that's just a a slightly new mechanic um and uh that's pretty much it yep yep the last stretch is super short and we reach a metal gate overlooking a big stone courtyard and we can see on the far side a frost encrusted airship the enterprise there it is over the back of a big sleeping dragon. Actual dragon. Um, what's his name? Iskabine? Iskabine? His name is, yeah, Iskabind. So he's sleeping. And so the cutscene here is uh, Sid and Elphino are like, okay, so we're not here for the dragon. Let's just forget about the dragon. We're going to go straight to the airship. And uh, Sid, just just go ahead and like get that thing going, which is hilarious. Like this thing that has been coated in in rime and rusted by time and cold, Sid can just go up there and in ten minutes can like get it working again. Just run the engine and it'll melt. It'll yeah, it'll just let it you know warm up for a bit. So that's what they do. So they kind of sneak on by, and we're standing there waiting for some shit to happen. You know, just just in case. And of course, some shit happens. La Habrea shows up because of course he does. He's like, oh, okay, so you're going to be going after Garuda next. Interesting, interesting. She's real, like, powerful, though, so I don't think you're going to do very well. At the same time, it would be very foolish of me to underestimate you, the bane of Titan, the defeater of Ifrit, uh, the bearer of light or the whatever the fuck. And uh, so, you know, wow, it'd be a real shame if this dragon woke up and had to fight you. So he wakes up the fucking dragon and bails. And now we gotta fight the dragon, as Sid and Alfino look on in horror. This fight, it's pretty easy if you know how it works, but it got me the first time, for yes. sure. The main mechanic here is that Iskabine will take flight sometimes, and when he does, he will cover a third of the arena with this big icy telegraph. And a few seconds later on, he will swoop across that section and hit the whole thing with a big blast of ice. All you gotta do is just move. When that appears, yeah. and you're good to go. You like hang out in the center, then you can kind of scooch. You get into trouble if you are either too centered on one quote lane, or if you're on the far side of the arena and you don't give yourself enough time to to move if you're in danger. Yeah, just keep an eye out, look for his shadow, see where he's going, and then just scooch. And about halfway through, he adds in some aerial bombardments, just like icicles, circle AOEs mm-hmm. that you have to dodge. Yeah, they'll they'll follow you, so you just like bait it move bait yep. it move no big deal and we Though prevail my my thaumaturge died to that <laughs> that's only shameful because there's no arcane circle yet so he's got no excuse to not move right yeah I'm i was assuming, very surprised at that. i'm assuming you mean the npc thaumaturge correct yes did not do this with players not trying to, to bag on an actual player <laughs> <laughs> he got he got hit by a, a few things at that point i had the thaumaturge in my party too because i was playing dragoon and I wasn't watching their health. I wasn't playing healer, obviously, so I wasn't paying that much attention. But I didn't notice them getting beat up. Yeah, I I, I think it was just like a kind of a perfect storm of things. But 
Our conjurer got him right back up again. So nice. Hooray. The the dragon dies and dissipates into Aether, leaving behind a floating blue ice elemental crystal. We grab it and add it to our collection. We just have wind left and we're good to go. That's it. We beat the game. And as we were installing the crystal in our mind, we were zoning out IRL and we wake <laughs> up to Alphano yelling at us. Are you dead? No, you're not dead. Thank God. I was really not looking forward to finding another champion. So thank you for that. Anyway, should we go? Let's go. He gives us a small compliment. Yes. Uh, he was sure we'd be slain by the dragon, but we weren't. Great. Good job. <laughs> All right, let's go. So up on the airship, um, Sid gets it up working. Up on the airship. <laughs> up on the airship. Oh my God, Sid that's Garland. terrible. <laughs> and the engine kicks in, it lights up, and the wings start to move. It's not going to fly well, but it will be good enough for now. It'll get us to Gridania. Perfect. Yep. Alphano would love to head for the Howling Eye, but we have to make repairs first. So off we go. And we get a departing cutscene showing the airship flying through the sea of clouds yeah. wreathed in snow. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. We land in Gridania and Alfino is like, thank God I was freezing my 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 ears off. Anyway, but yeah, we're and in Gridania now. <laughs> that's where we'll leave off for today. So they got me, Jen. Yeah? I was complaining last time about the ham-fistedness of the rosaries as the yep. evidence stand-in, mm -hmm. but Prunilla was the one who was planting them for that exact purpose. Correct. So it was ham-fisted on purpose. I assumed it was a lazy story device, but I got got. <laughs> <laughs> we both did, because we both forgot. I know, but I was more indignant about it than you were. Uh, that, sh that follows, yeah. Either way, the second part to this quest line is really satisfying too. Definitely. It's super cool going down in that chasm and finding Ooh, the body yes. buried in the snow. That's a super great moment. I know. That, fuck, I remember doing that the first time and I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. Like I didn't, like, yeah, we're going to find a clue, but it's going to be like a, a torn page out of a book or something. A you know? rosary. Or what other, like, you know, we've, we've done so many of these quests where we have to find clues and it's, oh, it's like an empty bottle. Not literally like the dead body of an Inquisitor with paperwork saying that this is Inquisitor Guillaume and who the fuck is that guy? So good. It, literally unraveling a mystery. It was very, very satisfying. Yeah. And like having like using using the environment to corroborate details and determine like, you know, where somebody was and the circumstances of their arrival. And ah, it was great. Total, total Columbo episode. It was great. That area, too, is, it's really scenic. It's haunting and gorgeous. And we get to go back to the Snowcloak entrance, too, that big icy area. That place is also very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 oh God, it's almost like, it's like an amphitheater or like a weird, like, chapel of some kind, you know, of, like, nature carved out a, a chapel. Um, that's what it would look like. Because I'm doing all the side quests here to make sure there's no corroborating details for the main story. There's actually a like a little base camp out there that is positioned to kind of watch over and also recover people who were lost in that collapse. Mm -hmm. And one guy wants you to go and find his wife. And there's actually like a platforming challenge in a sense, I guess not platforming so much as traversal challenge, sure. where you have to go all the way up, winding up the side of that collapse 
until you're a good distance above the ground and there's actually a, a path you can take that goes all the way up there yep. to find her body. I remember that. I did that last time. I didn't do it this time, but yeah, that was very sad. I, I was just surprised it was so traversable, honestly. Correct. Like that there was actually a way to climb up because typically there isn't. Because we were just in um, the optional level 70 adventure zone. <laughs> And there is one objective there. Segment three. <laughs> four. Is it four? Yes. Fuck me. Okay. There's one thing there you have to do that requires you to go onto train you normally can't go onto. Yeah. Like every other place this occurs, you can't walk on it, but this one place you can. So the game's fucking up my expectations of what is and is not actually, Yeah. you know, like accessible. So finally, I found something before you did, and that was very satisfying for me. Good. Enjoy that. <clears throat> I will, because it'll never happen again. All the quests here, there are a fuck ton of quests in this area, but they're all just like little slice of life things. Nothing really substantive. Just, hey, you know, there's a Chirurgeon coming from the um from Camp Dragonhead and he got lost on the way. Go find him. Just like little bits of, of yeah. color, but nothing that actually Informs supplements. The story. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the dungeon goes, though. Stone Vigil is kind of weird because it's it's a very attractive <laughs> dungeon, aesthetically speaking. It feels cold and, and yes, frigid. Yes. But also, it's not very interesting to rerun. No, I mean, I, and because it's like, you know, frozen and dilapidated, we've seen so many dungeons that are literally just like piles of rubble. And like, oh, this used to be an amazing structure, but now it's piles of rubble. So we, we've seen that. And now this is just a pile of rubble that's coated in ice and snow. And instead of being overrun by, you know, evil toadstools, it's, it's dragons. You know, the rooms are, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a fort. You know, there's a barracks. There are, you know, just corridors, battlements. It's, you know, it's nothing like, I remember going through like Todorak. I'm like, oh my God, this place is beautiful. Because like when you're in the upper areas, you've got like the gaps in the in the ground above you and then these giant old growth trees and the roots and the light filtering down in the water. And yeah, this is just like running through, running through dilapidated old rooms. It's like Karn, but with snow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fewer staircases. But beyond the aesthetics, also mechanically, nothing here is that interesting to replay no it's it's like the same um combination of like there's like an avis and dragonflies and then a couple of avises and then an avis and some dragonflies and then you get two bouts with ice sprites the boss fights too are mainly variants on moving between different danger columns right though they do introduce mechanics that are new to you as a I'm new player. I'm talking about the but... replay only, not about the first time. Okay. This is my replayability review. Yes. The I... first time is fun. No no complaints as the first timer. It's, it's a lot of fun for sure to go through that on the first play. Yeah, it's it's a it's a definite uptick in difficulty. Yep. But on replay, absolutely. And I, I, I kind of hate the final boss fight because there's so many times where he, he goes invulnerable and he's like flying off and he's doing this shit. And meanwhile, like your cooldowns are just you know, your abilities are just languishing and while he's flying around, you can't do anything. And In theory, they should be balancing their health for invuln phases if the boss has invuln phases. It just it's just like you're like just standing around. Sometimes I, I actually that. like that because then that, that gets my cooldowns reset. So I'm ready to burst again when he comes no, back down. No, not when I have like Mage's Ballad going and it's just like ticking away and I have all of these. Well, maybe learn the fight better, Jen, so you're not wasting your cooldowns at bad times. That's what I think of that. You tried getting good, Jen. Nah. Next time, 
we are talking about the minor job quest through level 50. And that will do it for today's episode. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Heart emoji. If you want to reach out, you can at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com or on Twitter at podreturn. And we hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great day or night. And we will see you next time.